Um, this is Arts and Humanities Month. That's a national designation, not just a local designation. Um, and it's really the largest celebration of the arts and humanities in the United States. On the Central Coast, um, there are different ways to look at this. We're going to talk today with folks from the Arts Council. This is also an experience called Arttober. And I've been, just for clarification, that's a citywide San Luis Obispo designation through the city council. Um, arts, the San Luis Obispo Arts Council is a countywide organization, and we were going to talk about this from a, a lot of different directions. My guests today are Jordan Chestnut. She's the program director for the San Luis Obispo County Arts Council. Alan Root, who's the president of the Arts Council. And Missy Reitner um, Cameron, who's an artist and owner of The Bunker. The Bunker is a facility that we'll share with you as to how it relates to all of this today, but it's in San Luis Obispo, and it's very related to the arts. We're going to discuss why art matters and the many opportunities for you to experience art this month. We're going to specifically talk about something that I will probably revisit by name a number of times, as will our guests, and that is the Open Studio Arts Tours which is um, starts on the thir- Friday the 13th of this month. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in October of the 13th, 14th, and 15th is the Open Studio Arts Tour, and we will give you a lot of information about that and share with you. Um, as Brad mentioned, and I'll mention again, you can call us today at 549-8855. Um, your questions will be taken and uh, then passed along to us based upon the technology and the fact that one of our guests is a call-in from out of state. We cannot take your calls at the same time as we have a guest on. There's some miracles of technology that don't always work the way we want them to, um, but we would like your input, so please participate if you'd like. Um, I'm not quite sure where we start with this, and I guess even though I've told my guests that we have a lot of nebulous questions, I'm going to probably start with Jordan And she's going to tell us a little bit about um, what this is all about and what October means for the arts community. Great. Thank you, Fred. Um, So I'm Jordan. I'm the programs director at the Slow County Arts Council, and I'm really happy to be here today with Alan and Missy. Uh, So October has long been, for over 30 years, the National Arts and Humanities Month, which is a collective recognition of the importance of culture in America And the San Luis Obispo County Arts Council uh, is an organization, we're a nonprofit arts organization that has been in operation since 1981, and we are celebrating the 25th annual Open Studios Art Tour. So our organization is here to advance not only visual arts, but literary and performing arts as well. And one of the ways that we advance visual arts is through this Open Studios Art Tour, which is a countywide art tour. It's free and open to the public, and it's a tour of over 120 artists' working studios. And this takes place on October 14th, 15th, 21st, and 22nd during National Arts and Humanities Month. So I may have mistagged it. I guess it starts on Saturday the 14th, not on Friday the 13th. The kickoff event is on the 13th, though. Very spooky date, Friday the 13th. (laughs) And that will be at the bunker in uh, San Luis Obispo. That's a good intro. We probably need to find out what the bunker is because it shows Mm -hmm. up in a lot of your materials, and that's where your office is. And that will help us because what we really can do, um, as Missy is the person who is behind the bunker, um, bad choice of words, Missy, sorry. Tell us about the (laughs) bunker and we'll go from there. (laughs) 
Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, the Bunker is a art gallery and artist studios um, that also houses a nautical bean. So we are open every day from 6 to 4 during weekdays and 7 to 4 on the weekend. It has rotating art shows in it, and we also have artists that work in the back. There's private studios, and we also have the Arts Council in one of our studios. Um, and we are lucky enough to host the kickoff show, or actually we're hosting the um, show for the arts for the Open Studios Tour this month at the Bunker. So uh, all of the art in there is by artists that are going to be participating in Open Studios Art Tour. Okay. I want to take this in an interesting direction for a minute, Missy. So you talk about that there are studios there. Basically, you have space that you rent out for um, for a month or at a time, or you have space that gets used by artists for, gee, I want Tuesday afternoons at four o'clock. So no, the artists are rented. The artists that rent studios in the back of the bunker are renting them for as long as they want, and it's their private studio. The gallery itself is handled by me and my gallery manager Kai Nevis. And we incorporate local and out-of-area shows, working with sometimes nonprofits or just certain artist programs and artists, individuals, to create shows that change every month. Okay. In, in the in Fred's ridiculous question category. I love it. If I, <laughs> if I happen to stop by the Nautical Bean for a cup of coffee, are the artists that are in your studios in the back – artists that I can go and watch work or is that just uh, that's an art an individual artist's decision or I should just learn to get my coffee and leave you alone it is an individual artist decision some artists do open the sliding door and if their door is open you're more than welcome to visit them um, but really most of the time it is like someone's office but that's why we're participating in um, open studios tour because we want people to be able to see it um, and that gives us an opportunity to, you know, tidy it up. And, you know, artist studios, being an artist myself, artist studios are not always welcoming um, just because they can definitely be a disaster area at some point, <laughs> but depending on how people work, right? Everybody works differently. Um, but it's, uh, it's really up to the individual artist. If you saw my desk, it's a work of art. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> um Okay, more of a general discussion at the moment. We can talk. We'll certainly talk more about uh, about the bunker and also the open arts tour, open studios, our open studio art tour. Um, tell me about what the city designation is for October, because that's probably it's that's a city thing. Even though obviously we're talking about a countywide organization and a countywide event. Um, we should probably um, give the city its due for this particular um, idea. So National Arts and Humanities Month is a month-long celebration that focuses on equitable access to the arts at local, state, and national levels, encouraging individuals, organizations, and communities to participate in the arts, allowing governments and businesses to show their support of the arts, and raising public awareness about the positive impact of the arts. The city of SLO designated this month as Art-Ober, so A-R-T-O-B-E-R, to raise awareness about National Arts and Humanities Month and kind of coin their own terminology around it. 
And they want to get the public to support the arts and culture organizations that are here. And in doing so, they're offering incentives. So if you go to an art event in town, you can bring some receipt of that experience, like maybe a paper slip or a photograph to the uh, city, uh, the, the downtown chamber office, and they'll give you a free tote bag. So it's their way of really getting people out and experiencing and sharing, you know, what they what they do locally. An incentive to look to basically get involved with art. Exactly. Okay. There's another side of this, and um, and I'm really curious about this because I'm a piano lover. There is a, a, a in in the notes that you shared with me before the program. For us to look at, um, at what to talk about today, you talk about a pop-up piano in Mission Plaza. I need an explanation of what a pop-up piano is. And we know what Mission <laughs> Plaza is. I think, Missy, that's on you. Uh, okay. So uh, the city was donated a stand-up piano, and they uh, had actually an artist paint it, and that artist happened to be me. So I have painted this piano, and now it is under the pergola in the mission. It is open every day from 9.30 to 7.30 for people to just go and play piano. And it is, and they also do have a schedule of pianists coming to play for an hour here and there during some lunch times and things like that. Uh, but it is something that has been done in cities all over the country. I've seen it in Denver. I've seen it at certain airports in Austin. Uh, Jackson Hole has one, and it's just a really nice experience for people to understand that art is not just it is not just a painting. It can be music. It's literary. It can be so many things. That that's a delightful thing to hear because I can tell you truly, I have watched piano players in airports, especially all over the world, and it's more of a thing in European. Um, and Eastern, specifically Eastern European airports also, to see happen. So the fact that it's happening in San Luis Obispo, I hope someone's taking care of the piano because pianos in open weather and overnights don't tend to fare well. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the art is somewhat weatherproof, but the piano might not be. They're doing a really nice job. They had a tuner come out on Monday, um, and I was there with the tuner doing some touch-ups and things like that. It gets covered every evening. Um, and it, luckily in October, we don't have, I mean, you never know what it's going to be, but it doesn't get especially wet and rainy. So, um, and then after the month of October, they're determining where it's going to go and hopefully it'll stay public. Okay. So the, the piano, we don't know where the piano will live in November and December and beyond, but there's an, a plan or a, an effort to find a way for it to live someplace permanently. Yes, I believe that is the plan. Okay. You know, we have an airport. I know. <laughs> it's been it's been discussed, but again, I am I'm just the painter on that one. So <laughs> you have to yeah, definitely the city is in talks with lots of different locations. So we'll see where it ends up. Okay. I I think that's a fascinating idea and as a piano lover, I think that's great to see and as a as an a tie-in with with art and music, I think that's very good. I think what's so great about the piano, too, is, you know, artists shape community, not just by a singular um, piece of work that they create, but by creating experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's that ongoing Mm -hmm. engagement and participation that gives a sense of local pride and identity. And that's really what's at the heart of National Arts and Humanities Month, in my opinion. 
There's, I see it in here in a couple of different places, and I want to make sure it doesn't get away from us before the program gets too far along. I believe there are, there's also spoken word and poetry involved in what you're doing in October. Can you share some of that with us? We do have literary arts programs, but October with Open Studio Art Tour is primarily visual art. We did just, however, relaunch our Poet Laureate program, which has been around since 1999, and it is a historical program, and the applications are open for the next couple months. But really, that's a way to highlight a local poet who can also grow and contribute to a literary arts community in our county. Okay. Also Poetry Out Loud? Oh, yeah, and Poetry Out Loud, which that will launch in the next, I I believe, the county competition for students. So that's a student uh, literary literary art program. So students memorize poems, and there's a competition where they recite um, poems uh, at the school level and then eventually at the county level. And And eventually the state level. And eventually the state and then national level. Yeah, so it's a progressive competition. Right. Yeah, I, I can just say that I was a judge one year when we put that on, and um, it's very entertaining. And, <laughs> I, and I think it's just really wonderful that there's this organization that involves all the, all the high schools and all in the whole county, and then it eventually bleeds up to the federal level. So it's cool. That's great to hear about. That's because I, one of the things that, that – um, as someone who has no artistic skills, but mostly um, – um, exercises my interest in art um, through music and spoken word. Um, I am fascinated when that becomes part of this because we think of we think of art as a visual experience only, and the ways that you're bringing it into a non beyond visual experience, I think, is is very good. Um, I'm I'm truly um, <laughs> Missy. I'm delighted by the piano, and um, I will I will tell you that uh, is is it, it is already out there, right? Yes, it is. Okay. I'm going to stop by to see it on my way back up the hill this afternoon when we're done because I did not know that was there, and I think that'll be great fun. I can tell you I don't play piano, and I won't even try to play piano, which is kind of maybe a a warning to our listeners that if Fred stops by the piano, don't worry. He's not going to play it. You know, you know, if I might, just for a second. Yeah, Alan, you can, it's a radio program. You might for more than a second. Well, and thank you, you. And you will. <laughs> yeah, but um, on this particular topic, I've always felt that the creative vein in human beings is kind of a universal force. And, and my thought is that someone who is really good at mosaics or they do fine woodwork could also pick up a violin and master that as well. So to provide the venue for other than visual arts, which is as you say, kind of the default definition of what art is, I think is really important. I think it acknowledges another a whole family of expression that that contributes to our society like the rest of it does. Alan, you give me a good opportunity with that because one of the things that may, may not be known to a lot of our listeners and may not be known to a lot of people in the arts community um, because I, I kind of scratch my head about, gee, how did Alan Root end up being the Arts Council president? Because I've um, always thought of you as a welder, and that was your primary um, business and operation was welding, but it was welding art objects or making art objects and fencing um, in your welding process. Um, Are you still doing that? And 
I'm assuming that a lot of your work is still up because steel lasts for a long time. Um, I am still doing that. I'm not uh, – I don't have the, the, the time and the energy to do it like I did 40 years ago. But I've been doing this. I, st- I opened my first business in 1976. I had worked in metal for probably three or four years before that. And have steadily just kind of marched into more of a creative realm. And so – I could build a rack for your pickup, but I'm not going to. Um, you know, we we do a lot of different things. And right now, we're working on a couple of projects that are really, I think, the pinnacle of my career. Um, we're going to publicize those when they get closer to being done. But um, life is really good in that realm for me. It's, it's really good. And how I got to be president is that, you know, we, we basically – do short straws, and I couldn't run fast enough. <laughs> Not quite true. Not quite true, but <clears throat> um, I took the helm as president because I think this is a really valuable and vital uh, organization for the arts community in in our region. And um, I've been involved with county arts for a long time in a lot of different capacities and a lot of, you know, I used to be on the Art and Public Places Committee that was a, an arts council offshoot, and we met in this little office that had the windows stuck closed in the old French hospital uh, building on Marsh Street. Um, so it's been around a long time. I really believe in it. We've got some really dynamic things on the horizon, and um, I'm excited to contribute what I can. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're still doing that kind of work because – when I, when I first met you over 30 years ago, um, I saw some of the pieces that you were working on when you used to have the, um, the facility out by the airport that were, I believe, were intended to be some rather elaborate fences out in the desert someplace. Yes. Yeah. And um, I never visited them in the desert, but I saw you working on them there, and they truly were art. Um, and I think that it just – it sort of became an opportunity to um, – to, today to talk to you and find out how um, how a welder became an artist. So, it's yeah, you know that that patio furniture that's made out of horseshoes. You see the chairs and the tables yes. and stuff. That's not what we do. <laughs> Good clarification. Thank you. This is Central Coast Voices. We're talking about folks um, about the fact that Arts and Humanities Month is October. We're talking with people from the San Luis Obispo County Arts Council. Um, we've been speaking most recently with Alan Root, who is a um, an artistic welder and the president of the Arts Council. If you'd like to be part of this discussion, um, we would li- invite you to give us a call at 805-549-8855. Based upon the fact that we have a call-in guest with us, uh, Missy, today, we can't add your phone call, but we can certainly encourage you to call in and your questions will get passed along to us in the studio by engineering and so I'd appreciate you being part of the discussion. One of the things that may come up um, is, you know, how do the arts affect you? Tell us about how, how the arts affect you. Have you been a participant in the arts um, studio art tour, by the open studio art tour? For some reason, the word open is hard for me to put into that. The open studio art tour um, and maybe how that's affected you. I will share with you all that I own at least two pieces of art that I have acquired through the Open Studio Art Tour, both of them from people who I didn't even know were artists that were participating in that. 
Um, one of them is assembl- a couple of pieces of assemblage that um, is done by someone who is um, involved with KCBX and I've known for years but did not realize she did that kind of work. The other one is some jewelry that my wife now owns that was done by an artist that um, we've also known for years but not as an artist and didn't realize that her avocation along with being a school teacher was um, assembling jewelry. So I would suggest to um, to our audience that you consider going on the Open Studio Art Tour because you may discover there are things out there that you didn't even know or people you didn't know were doing them. And uh, Jordan, you had something to add to that. Yeah, I, I just wanted to chime in. It, it is great when you can support a local artist by buying work from them. I, I think a lot of people I know have some of their favorite pieces of artwork that they own or pieces that they bought from an artist that they're friends with or neighbors with. But besides purchasing artwork from artists, uh, the Open Studio Art Tour has workshops and demonstrations. So if you go to our website, slowcountyarts.org, we have a list of all of the live demonstrations and workshops that artists are hosting throughout those two weekends. One of them that I'm really excited about is Colleen Nose. She's leading a workshop called From Sketch to Large Scale at her studio in Slow, and she's going to demonstrate gritting out a painting or a mural from a sketch or photo reference. Um, She actually started out painting backdrops for the theater and then got into um, murals later on, but she was recently awarded an Individual Artist Fellowship grant, um, and she's just a really great person. So I recommend visiting her studio and going to that workshop. Now, those wor- the workshops, there's no charge for them. No charge. Okay. There's no charge for going on the tour. No charge. You don't have Mm-mm. to buy a catalog in order to know where to go. It's free. Okay. <laughs> and there is a digital version. If you can't find a catalog in person, we've distributed them to around a dozen different um, hubs in the county. But it's also online, so you can go to our website to look at the digital version as well. I suspect you can probably find them at the bunker if you need one, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Missy, tell me about the, about the creation of the bunker because it you haven't been there a really long time, um, and the Arts Council has not had their office there a long time. But I think the evolution of that um, is something I'd like you to share. Sure. Um, actually, I've been there probably longer than most people know. Um, it was kind of a run-down building that used to be a agricultural um, sprinkler and watering system supply house. Uh, back, It was built in the 40s. And uh, I took it over, I believe, in 2000. I'm so bad with dates, but let's just say 2008. And I took over the lease from someone and just had artist friends. We weren't open to the public. We just had different artists in there. Um, that rented space, and we all created in there. There were 10 of us at the most, and we were just making art. And everyone, because artist space, um, artist studios are really hard to find in San Luis. And if you don't have a home with an extra room or a garage, it can be really hard to create your work. Uh, So I started that and then decided uh, in 2019 I wanted to remodel it and maybe expand it a little um, I live in this neighborhood, the Lobro neighborhood, and I love it. And I thought we needed something like a gallery. We don't, San Luis doesn't have a lot of art galleries. And so I wanted to create a space for people to not only create work, but to show work. Um, I also realized that our neighborhood didn't have a coffee shop 
or anything really like that right in our area. So um, this was kind of the brainchild. 2020 put it on hold for a year and a half. So we were able to open earlier this year. Um, Brett, who owns Nautical Bean, also lives in this neighborhood. He's actually my neighbor and was really excited to jump in as well. Um, And even though the interior of it doesn't look like a nautical bean, it looks like an art gallery. It's still the best of the best of nautical beans. And it's just a really great, um, I don't know, it really kind of takes place, if you remember the old Steinberg Gallery. Um, I I was hoping we could kind of, we could never replace it, but just kind of fill in a hole that was left when they closed. Yeah, I'm sorry the Steinberg, I'm sorry that gallery closed because they also did regular live music there and it was a, a great gathering spot. And that is something we're planning on doing as well. Um, Brett just is, has expanded his offerings soon uh, with beer and wine, I believe. So we're going to be able to have some more music and just have more events there as we're kind of chugging along and seeing what's working and what isn't. So it's pretty exciting. And the Arts Council has organized a couple of different shows in partnership with Transitions Mental Health Association and most recently with Central Coast State Parks Association. So the first was Living Mentally Well, and artists submitted artwork around that theme. And we had a display up at the bunker for the month of May around the idea of art as a way to increase or enhance mental health. And then Last month, we had an art show with Central Coast State Parks to raise awareness about the monarch butterfly. So all the artwork that was on display was around that theme. And the bunker has been a really fantastic way to allow local artists to have their artwork seen and more visible. So what did the state parks have to do with an art display? So I mean, I mean, I'm just maybe I want some more information about how this tied all together. The Central Coast State Parks reached out to us and said we have the butterfly ball coming up in October and we want to have an art show that is in tandem with the butterfly ball, which is all all of this is all this programming is to celebrate the return of the monarch butterfly because the numbers have decreased so radically in the last 10 or so years and their goal is to get the public to be thinking and talking about ways to protect that species. And art was one of the ways to do that. So so the mm-hmm. way we think of public space is not always what we just think of public space. I mean, Mission Plaza, with now an opportunity to have a piano there, um, is public space. We really hadn't thought about, from an artistic standpoint, the Monarch Butterfly, Monarch Grove over in Pismo Beach, um, where the butterflies are. Um, as being um, part of the art community, so it's it's neat that the, I had no idea that the State Parks Association um, had an art program like that. So they 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 invited people to submit works related to the monarch butterflies, or how was was it adjudicated, or how was that handled? They reached out to Slow County Arts, and we did a call for art and curated a panel, and then the panel selected artwork that was submitted for this show that was up for the month. Okay. We're going to take a break. Was, and we'll, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Missy. Oh, I was going to say in a similar fashion, that's what happened with Transitions Mental Health. You know, there was a committee that was put together to help curate the show. And what the bunker will do with the nonprofit is we will take um, a much lower percentage of sales so that the artists or the nonprofit will get a large sum 
of the sale. So everything in the bunker is for sale. All the art is for sale, and that helps the nonprofit and allows them to also have any kind of event they want to have during the month that they are showing. We're going to take a quick break. I want to revisit um, what you folks did with Transitions Mental Health Association um, and art. I think that's a fascinating connection that we can talk about after the break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. This is Central Coast Voices. We're talking with people from the Central Coast Arts and Humanities Community, the County um, Arts Council. And we'll be back in just a moment. I'll turn it over to Brad in the studios. And thank you very much, Fred. From the KCBX community calendar, Real Men Wear Pink invites you to a breast cancer awareness and fundraising brunch. Brunch, bubbles, and boobs coming up on Sunday, October 8th from 9 to 1 at the Pismo Beach Veterans Hall. The event is open to all uh, with a special invitation to survivors. Stop by and enjoy a delicious brunch provided by Beach and Biscuits of Pismo Beach. Yeah. For more information, you can visit the community calendar page on our website, kcbx.org, which features arts, entertainment, and nonprofit events here in San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Southern Monterey counties. And if you'd like, you can submit your item or event to be shared through our calendar page. You will find it right there, along with all of our shows on demand at kcbx.org. Ahead today on our Thursday here on KCBX, it's fresh air coming up from 3 o'clock to 4. Marketplace follows from 4 to 4.30, wrapping up the day's business, followed by All Things Considered from 4.30 to 6.30. Right now, let's return to Fred Monroe and his guests as Central Coast Voices continues on KCBX. Over to you, Fred. Thank you, Brad. Glad to be with you today. We're talking with folks from Central Coast Arts Council, where we left it with you was uh, Missy started a conversation with us that was a a, a tie-in to the state parks having an art event, which was the um, Transitions Mental Health Association having an open minds exhibit. Um, Missy, tell us what that was all involved with. Well, um, similar to the state parks, they reached out to the Arts Council because they wanted to do a show. And they had done this show previously, but with the pandemic, it got kind of shut down for a few years. So this was a relaunch of that show. And they reached out to the Arts Council, and we suggested, hey, the bunker would be a great place. It was actually our first real big show um, was with them, with Transitions Mental Health and the Arts Council. And the submissions were unbelievable, and they were a lot, they were able to, during that month that they were showing, have multiple events throughout the month at the bunker um, since the space is so the space is very easy to move things around and do things so they had like a movie night and I believe they did um, a couple other events throughout that month they had um, some dances really and great. performances too yeah Jordan yeah, performances, had that's right they had a, a performance night as well I believe so they, they had a lot yeah. of different mediums represented during that month and advocacy events as well. It was so wonderful. They, I can tell you that at least two of their um, administrative staff members, one of them tells stories, and, and one of them is a, um, is a musician with a number of different music groups. So I think their tie to the arts is probably very commendable to do. And... Um, I'll, I'll let our listeners try and figure out what that connection is, but uh, <laughs> with, without rat, without ratting out people who aren't in the room to defend themselves. <laughs> um, so l- l- let's talk a little bit about what an open studio tour really is 
and what people who my hunch is there's a lot of people who've never been on one, even though a lot of people who've been on one been on them before. Um, what is an open studio art tour in the first place? <laughs> Alan and I are doing a little dance as you ask that question. <laughs> We're really excited We're about this year. Uh, <laughs> We do have a new addition this year that I want to just highlight right off the bat. We were thinking ahead of time as we were planning the 25th annual tour, which is, uh, like we've said, in October. Um, how do we get people involved who haven't participated before? And one of the ways that we've done that is to create some planned routes. So we have over 24 planned routes. If you go to our website, you can find all of them. But there's routes like the North County Sculpture Route, a Royal Grande Painters Route, Los Osos Textile Route. There's 24 of them, and each of them is sponsored by a local business, so a winery, a cafe, a restaurant. And those local businesses are offering incentives to people who do visit all of the artist studios. So Tognazini's in Morro Bay, you get a free breakfast if you go to the Morro Bay Artist Studios, and then you can enjoy... Um, uh, a delicious meal, or Stolo Vineyards is doing a two-for-one wine tasting. So the Open Studios Art Tour, what we really want to emphasize is just this spirit of exploration and adventure and curiosity when it comes to meeting local artists and engaging with their process and their work. A local a local restaurateur who is bribing people with free, <laughs> with free breakfast to go on the art tour. I Oh, you'd be that, surprised. That is, that is a find and a half. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. Wineries involved and cafes and businesses all over the county were eager to jump in. And and I would have to – I'd like to take a moment too and say that uh, Jordan and Summer, who works with us, um, they've been just so creative and so good at developing these these new ideas and new systems and stuff. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm – you know, I'm the oldest oldest dog in the kennel at County Arts, and that's good for for history. But as far as like what what applies now and what we do for for a wider audience and stuff, these guys are critical. And I'm just really tickled to you know when I sit in these meetings and I hear about well we've developed this route system, and, and as I describe it, I just go holy smokes, this is really great. And so it's. Uh, this year, especially, I'm really excited for Open Studios. We've we've got the kickoff party on the th- evening of the 13th, which is shaping up to be a really great event. It's at the bunker and also at Bang the Drum. No parking at Bang the Drum, but parking. the event is at the bunker. Okay, I, I thought that they, they all right. So we've uh, we've got three food trucks. We've got a DJ. We've got activities. Um, it's going to be a really nice send off. I was incorrect to begin with. So, so other than your opening on Friday the 13th, the event is two weekends in a row. Yes. Okay. October Correct. 14, 15, 21, and 22nd. I'm greatly relieved because I'm not here on the 14th and 15th, <laughs> but I am on the 21st Perfect. and the 22nd, so we'll still get to see it because I was saying, oh, I can't miss it this year. Well, make sure you get a catalog. <laughs> and where can I get a catalog? So we have <laughs> around a dozen different distribution sites. But, yes, the bunker is one the key bunker, spot. The, the artery in Atascadero. Studios in the park. Yeah. The Clark Center. Yep. Okay. Cruise Control Gallery in Cambria. Okay. 
Um, we we have a, a call. I'm sorry, I, Brad. I didn't I didn't catch your signal. So we've uh, what I've got for you is we had a question that was called in. Okay. Um, on the phone number uh, 805-549-8855. And thanks to Timo from Slow, he is wondering what the Arts Council is doing to promote the perception of this area as a cultural arts destination, specifically in terms of reaching out to major metropolitan areas uh, north and south of the region to kind of bring folks in from outside of the area to to participate in and see how much art there really is in our area? Great question. So I um, actually, Timo and I have been talking about this, so I know a little bit about where he's coming from. Um, this, the, this particular neighborhood, the Central Coast, has just an unbelievable richness of creative talent in it. And and I I I don't think that it's heralded as much as it should be, and so one of our new programs that I'd like us to look into is how do we promote, you know, the artists that are on open studios tours and the other people that are in this community to people that are outside of this community. You know, I learned recently that um, San Luis Obispo County in terms of per capita income ranks right up in the top with some of the Bay Area counties and stuff like that. And so I think it's important for people that are either, you know, buying a big house in San Luis Obispo or they're decorating an office or whatever that they they don't need to go to Carmel. They don't need to go to Santa Barbara or Taos or any of the other name brand art destinations. Is that We have a really rich vein of creative talent here. And so um, we're looking into some venues on how to promote that and how to how to get the word out. And I will say that this doesn't necessarily include some of the bigger metropolitan areas, but the Arts Council, the County Arts Council, is part of a coalition of other arts councils throughout the Central Coast. So I've been working with the Santa Cruz Arts Council, San Benito, Monterey, Ventura, Santa Barbara, and... We and Ventura. I think I said Ventura. Um, <laughs> and we're we're working to build a coalition to not just promote and work to advocate for arts within our own county, but within the Central Coast as a whole. And then that has a ripple effect beyond the Central Coast to L.A. and San Francisco. Yeah, I suspect yeah. there are people we have local residents who have never been on the tour before that if they go on that kind of event and discover two things. Number one, it's fascinating and fun, and it's free. They may invite people that, that um, are either from out of the area or even fellow locals that have not been paying attention. Um, we, we look at traffic on the weekend, and the, the number of people who are leaving the Central Coast on Sunday afternoon – and the people who are arriving on the Central Coast on Friday afternoon is a very large percentage of the population. And we are – this county and the region is building hotels and other lodging locations because people come here. And they come here for more than just wine. So I think whatever you can do to tie art into that. Absolutely. I suspect someone from out of the area is going to hear somebody playing the piano in Mission Plaza. It won't be me playing the piano. And we did this year collect a lot of testimonials from artists to ask them what has Open Studios Art Tour 
been for you as an artist who's participated for many years or maybe some of them just started to participate within the last couple years. But I love this one from Bruce Everett. He's a Templeton-based artist, and he said that Open Studios puts Slow County on the map as a destination for the arts and introduces the public to the hundreds of excellent artists and artisans who live and work here. And it gives the public a chance to see up close and personal how the art is made and to actually see the creative environment which the artists both work and in most cases reside. And those testimonials we've been using in all of our publicity to spread the word, not just as the Arts Council, but to get the artist voices out as central to what this program is. Mm-hmm. You know, as you were mentioning that, it occurred, one of the things that came to mind for me is that out of, out of nowhere – a few years ago, um, a neighborhood in pa- in rural Paso Robles, Tin City, <laughs> uh, came about because some wineries found some reasonably inexpensive industrial property to put their wineries in, and it just exploded as a destination. Um, so th- this may be a ridiculous question, but I'll ask anyway. Um, Missy, you want to build a Tin City around the bunker? Um, well, in a sense, I feel like that neighborhood, the Logro neighborhood, is starting to already go in that direction. Um, that whole neighborhood has, you know, two cideries. We have, you know, chip. I mean, that's where, um, what's it called? The chip company is right there. Like, there's so much industry right there that is starting to kind of get more recognition. And I think, and there's also a coffee um there's going to be a coffee roaster right here. Like the neighborhood is starting to do that. So I feel like the the arts, we do have a really vibrant downtown arts area that's great for tourism. But I love the idea that this kind of lowbro neighborhood is becoming more uh, of a local and kind of a cool spot, like almost like the, um, the funk zone maybe in Santa Barbara, you know, trying to make it a little bit more of an elevated, funky area for people to enjoy art, enjoy some beverages, enjoy some great food, and just really love where they are, love love their home, you know? Yeah. And I want to just get on my soapbox for a second and say all of this is just testament to the fact that art and culture happens where – Artists and culture bearers can afford to live. And that's part of the reason I love The Bunker is it's offering affordable studio space. And part of the reason why I love Open Studios Art Tours because it's a free event. But we're seeing this time and time again. Artists will leave places when they stop being affordable. And that really uh, causes creativity to suffer. And there's... You know, AB 18, so Assembly Bill 18, that's currently, um, it's gotten on to the, uh, uh, Newsom now has it and it's waiting approval from him, but that would support affordable housing in a one mile radius, I believe, around uh, cultural districts in California. So there's ways that the state is trying to support creatives to live and work. 
um, in these key areas. And I think as a city and as a county, we need to also be thinking about how to support affordability for artists and creatives and culture bearers. Yeah. I think it's reasonable to say that if an artist can't make a living as being an artist, they can't stay an artist because it doesn't pay the rent. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. So so things, I mean, even though you, you made it very clear that no one needs to buy anything to participate in the tour, um, and that was kind of a follow-up to the, my, the fact I mentioned that I actually bought something twice um, with regard to the tour before um, and supporting local artists. I was mostly surprised that there were people who were local artists that were that, who I had known for years in other capacities in the community that I had no idea what the art was that they did. Um, and that, that that being shared through the, um, the the tour is very, very good. Well, and there's, an, there's many artists like Sal Orlando up in North County whose artwork is so heavy because he, he does a lot of glass work. Mm-hmm. He can't transport it easily to a gallery or some setting outside of his home studio. And beyond that, maybe his process is more involved. And so seeing the artist's process behind the scenes helps you understand the artwork as well and appreciate it. Yeah. And... There's nothing like it. There's right. really nothing like going to see artist studios. It's really, it's so, really true. They're all different. They're all so unique. It's really it's true. Wonderful. I, I have yeah. a personal uh, story about that that um, I'll never forget. Many years ago, I was at the National Museum of American Crafts in Washington D.C. and there's some really stellar artwork there. And I found this silver work that was unbelievable modern silversmithing and it was then it was uh there was a little placard there that talked about the clintons had purchased a bunch of this work and it was in the white house and and it was really gorgeous work and the silversmith comes from cambria and i'd never heard Mm. of this guy before but i've visited his studios on the open studios tour on several occasions i'm not sure if he's on the tour this year but um to see the places where this fabulous work uh, takes place and gets developed is just really a treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, a fa- yeah. that's a fascinating story, and I think that happens to a lot of us. Um, a lot of artists who are very involved with their art are not necessarily good marketers or entrepreneurs from that standpoint, so we don't hear about them. Mm-hmm. It's, well, and that's what the Art Council is really trying to promote, is a platform to shout from mountaintops, like, look at all these amazing artists. Look at how many wonderful artists we have here in our community. That's part of the goal of the Arts Council. We're also really working to provide professional development opportunities for artists. So if they haven't had the experience maybe crafting an artist statement or writing a CV or developing a proposal and budget, they're going to have the resources and education to do so. And we're launching a professional development course. Those are also going to be free workshops um, on a weekly basis starting in February. And we're launching those in partnership with the six other arts councils throughout the Central Coast. So that's something to look forward to as well because artwork isn't just the end product. It's the process and it's the environment that helps an artist have a create a living and a livelihood. My hunch is you have very, very gifted artists in this area who have no idea how to create a website to get their to get their art exposed to the broader community. Absolutely. I've met some of them firsthand when they stop by the office and they've brought their some up samples of their artwork and I'm stunned and 
they don't have a website. They're not, you know, adept at marketing and promotion, but it's so fun and so fascinating to hear about their stories and experiences and see how much uh, expertise they have in their craft. So what what does the Arts Council do outside of October? What other art events are there during the year that people should maybe put on their calendar now? Well, one to look forward to is definitely the Poet Laureate program. Mm -hmm. Since that just relaunched, we have maybe a little bit of an ambitious timeline to select a poet to be the laureate by the winter of this next, this upcoming winter. Um, Please let your friends know about that. Let poets and writers know about that. Other events are Art After Dark that takes place on the first Friday of every month countywide. It's a great event. We do calls for art regularly, so you can subscribe to our newsletter, and there's events that take place at the bunker and elsewhere. Um, And then we also provide grants and funding and advocacy for artists. Get it just so we make sure people know about this because October may get away from them and then there's the 1st of November and the 1st of December. Talk a little bit more about Art After Dark. Right. Art After Dark is very beloved. I believe it's having a comeback. It is. It did suffer through the pandemic. But right now we have 16 venues in San Luis Obispo for this Friday, which will be the October Art After Dark. So Friday, October 6th. And you can get the full venue list of all of the businesses participating on our website. But it's a really fun event and it's a way to you know, bring a lot of vibrancy to downtown or other parts of the county where artwork is being displayed. And that doesn't need to just be paintings on the wall. A lot of times it's a musician performing or a writer reading their work at a poetry open mic. Um, So it's always different. It changes every month. And it's a really fun and dynamic program. And we're looking to spread it further outside of San Luis Obispo within the next year because it did, like I mentioned, it did suffer through the pandemic. It's hard to have in-person, face-to-face events during a pandemic, and they don't all work by Zoom <laughs> or by radio. And we've, we've, we've fought through that for a long time. I'm glad we're recovering from that. Yep. Yeah. And as most of my listeners know, I talk too much, and therefore I always make sure that at the end of the program, my guests get the last word. Um, M- Missy, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you make sure um, that whatever you think is important about this discussion, um, our listeners walk away with a re- memory of. So what do we want to remember? Well, I think maybe one of the most important things is um, please visit the bunker and get to the Slow County Arts website so you can get your ticket for the big event on October 13th. It's going to be really fun. Also, with the city and their October, uh, you need to go to three art events, and then you can go down to the visitor center and get your free tote bag. I have one. It's amazing. And it doesn't have to be something you spend money on. You could go see the piano. You could go to Open Studios Tour. You could go see a beautiful one of Alan's beautiful sculptures, take photos, show them what you did, and you're going to get an awesome tote bag. So, yeah, come visit all of us and see everyone's studios. Alrighty. Thank you. Glad you glad you could be with us today, um, re- remotely from you you in Wyoming right now. Yes, I am in Alpine, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, enjoy enjoying some visual art in the sky yesterday. I understand. Yes, yes, it was beautiful. Yeah, Alan, your thoughts. Well, I would I would like to just accentuate 
the value of the creative arts to the the wonderful neighborhood that we call home. It's not unique to this neighborhood, but in in terms of that, several years ago, um, there was a nationwide survey of what is the value of of cultural arts to a community, and we participated in that survey, and it was something around forty million dollars in terms of all the cultural events and the artists and everything that happens in this county. So not only is it a monetary contribution to what we're doing, but, you know, 30 years ago in San Luis Obispo, I heard them saying, we need good, clean, head-of-household jobs. We need to attract people that are... And those jobs are here now. I mean, with Amazon and all the rest of the companies that have come in. And I think that countywide, it's, it's our responsibility, if we want vibrant communities, to make them attractive, to make them be a, a magnet for people that are visiting, that may want to live here and and as an asset to people that are trying to recruit good good people to come to their their uh, companies to work here good point so it's important yeah. jordan you get the last word of the last words okay um i guess i i want to say that community is an activity not just a place so i want to challenge everyone to find three different arts events happening throughout the county this October and participate in any way that that you can and I hope selfishly and and unselfishly for the artists that we uh, work with that you participate in the open studios art tour kickoff event on October 13th again it's at the bunker from six to nine and we have um, lots of fun activities planned a DJ and food trucks so tickets are on our website slowcountyarts.org and I'm there to, to meet you, and, and we can keep the conversation going. And I can say this. I, I believe, Missy, I believe the the bunker is on Orchid Road. Yes, 810 Orchid Road. It's got a huge sign on it. I say the, the sign bunker. is big enough. If you, if, if you miss it, you shouldn't be driving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I think this is great. I think I, I'm, I'm delighted that we get to talk about the arts because we, we talk about what I would classify as as serious, not always uplifting topics because there's there's challenges everywhere. Um, I'll, I'll share with you what the pro, in a little bit what the program is going to be next week. Um, it's just always um, delightful to talk about the arts. Um, even though Alan, I'm sorry. Even though I pick on you all the time, cause, <laughs> but it's um, it's good to, good to have you part of the program. Thank you. Lovely to be here. This is is Central Coast Voices. We have had a a wonderful time being part of this program with you today. I want to tell you that next week on Central Coast Voices, we're going to have a serious look at the cost of living in California. It did come up in this conversation today. But um, we know that it's expensive. But as we know more about this, it's important because there is a recent study out by United Way of California in partnership uh, statewide United Way in partnership with 29 local United Ways recently released a study talking about the cost of living in California. Um, the study is called How Much It Costs to Struggle, the Real Cost Measures in California 2023. Um, the study goes on to tell us that one in three households does not earn sufficient money to meet the ba- what is considered the basic needs of living. Um, Mario Espinoza Kulik will be um, the guest, I mean, the host next week, as he is in rotation with the rest of us. And he's going to have this discussion and a conversation with folks from United Way locally and United Way from California. It is a serious discussion and a serious concern. 
Um, we alluded to it a little bit today about how difficult it is for artists sometimes to stay in communities they want to stay in that support the arts because housing and other costs are so high. So please uh, listen to the program next week. Mario will be sharing that topic with you. Central Coast Voices is a production of Action for Healthy Communities, a project of the Community Foundation of San Luis Obispo County, along with KCBX. The program is made possible through underwriting by Joan Gellert Sargent. You can comment to us about the program or give us feedback or or email for suggestions for topics that you'd like discussed on the program. The email address is voices at kcbx.org. That's just voices at kcbx.org. We are part of listener-supported radio program, and thanks to KCBX for being listener-supported radio and making this possible. Thanks to Brad Kyle for letting us be here today and make this program possible. And thanks to Jordan Chestnut, Alan Root, uh, Missy Reitner, Cameron for being with us. And we hope you can all participate in the Open Studios Tours the next upcoming weekend of the 14th and 15th and then the 21st and the 22nd. Be there. This has been Central Coast Voices.